Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. And I'm just so grateful for all the salvations that uh, happened during this weekend. It's like there's no greater gift that God can give us. Like salvation is the best gift that we can have. And obviously there's a lot of other stuff in this life that we need. But there is just one thing that we need for this life and the next and the eternal life. And that is just knowing that we have Jesus. That is just knowing that we, we are forever secured. We are forever sealed. It, it can never be taken away from us. Um, yeah, the Holy Spirit is just so faithful this morning, just based on the testimonies this morning, I'm just so grateful, and even the worship songs that we played this morning, um, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is just, uh, God is just, uh, the way I prepared the message was, was just so great, not that I prepared the message for what the Holy Spirit has done in me, and also during this time, it's just a continuation of what has gone out this morning, and today I just want to talk to us about that uh, uh Focus on what we have. I just want us to, if I can theme this uh, sermon or give a title to it, is basically just focus on what we have. And this morning is such an awesome privilege. Uh, this specific uh, um, few verses has been on my heart for like almost two, three months now already. And um, I was just uh, waiting for the opportunity for God just, just to release that and i'm just so grateful this morning that i can do this year with you loving people um it's cold outside the wind is blowing like crazy Uh, um i told my wife as we uh as we came on our way here that i told her like they say the wind is being made in pe but i think salaris has a big part in the wind (laughs) has a very very big part Os current amper in reverse gereed was so fun as he not to. So it is it's so awesome and just to be able to be here with you guys and, and once again uh, um, I, last time I spoke to my wife I told her like yo um when I came here I just felt the warmth and the loving experience and you can just feel the love of the people and this morning it's no different. I would say it's even better because we can really really feel the love and just wanna thank you for just uh, in, uh, um, welcoming us into, not only into the church, but also into your hearts as well. It is, it is very awesome to see, and I, I think that is, that is one of the ways that you can see someone is really serving, serving the Lord, based on the love of God that they have in their hearts for people. Um, so this morning I want to focus on uh, the book of Second uh, Peter 1. And I'm going to read, uh, it's, it's going to be a few verses, I'm going to read from verse 1 uh, up to 11. Um, you can follow in your Bible. I'm reading out of the, uh, the Passion Translation. Um, I, I, I've studied a few translations during just preparing this message. I just feel like the Passion Translation just gives me uh, better to, uh, gives me a bit more better understanding in how I can be able to just give it over to you guys. Second Peter 1, 2 Peter 1 and verse 1. Um, it reads as follows. It says, this is the letter from Simon, Simeon Peter a loving servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to those who have been given a faith as equally precious as ours. 
through the righteousness of God and of, of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. My grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. It says then everything we could ever need for life and godliness Amen. has already been deposited in us by His divine power. Hallelujah. For all this was lavished upon us. Uh, that's such an awesome word, lavished. Uh, through the rich experience of knowing Him who has called us by name and invited us to come to Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. Okay, that's already a lot. Like, that, that's already a lot what, what the scripture is saying there. And then he says, uh, in, 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 in verse 4, he says, As a result of this, He has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature, by which you have escaped through the corrupt desires that are of the world. So devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness, and to goodness add understanding, and to understanding add strength, and to strength of self-control, and to self-control add patient endurance, and to patient endurance add godliness, and to godliness add mercy uh, toward your brothers and sisters, and to mercy toward your brothers and to, to, toward others add unending love. Now he says in verse, verse 8, since these virtues are already planted deep within, and you possess them in an, in an abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. Uh, and then it says in verse 9, But if anyone lacks these things, he is blind, consistently his eyes, uh, his eyes close to the mysteries of our faith, and forgetting his innocence for his past sins uh, have been uh, washed away. Okay, and then it says in verse 10, For this reason, beloved ones, be eager to confirm and validate that God has invited you to salvation and claimed you as his own. If you do these things, you will never stumble. As a result, the kingdom's gates will open wide to you, as God choreographs your triumphant entrance into the internal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus the Messiah. Um, God bless the reading of His infallible word. And that is so, so, so powerful um, what it says. I know it's a lot, so I'm going to try and take us through most of it. Um, I don't think I will get through everything, but through the important parts I maybe will be able to get through. Okay, uh, every part is important, but uh, the things that stand stands out. Okay, so it says there that we have been given a faith. So Peter is telling us that through our faith, uh, telling us that we have been given a faith. That means that we didn't have faith before yeah. we knew Jesus. So now we have been given a faith. That means that our faith is not from us; it is from God. So when we believe in what Jesus has done for us in the finished works of Jesus, then God deposits His faith into us. Amen. So our faith that we have is not our faith. We can say that we have to have faith for this or that and the other. Yes, because we have it with inside of us, because it has been given to us by God. Okay, so the Bible says that uh, uh, our faith is from God, given 
to us through the righteousness of Jesus. Not through a righteousness of our own. We don't get faith by what we do. Like Jabez uh, prayed this morning and even said, uh, like uh, Ephesians read, it's not through what we have done, how we can appease God, how we can work for our salvation, but it is a salvation that has been given us freely because of what Jesus has done. So um, 2 Corinthians uh, 5, um, 21. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says that He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. So there was a trade-off. Jesus died for our sins and He imputed His righteousness into us. That means that we weren't righteous before, but now He has given what He has to us. And He has taken our shame, our sin, our filthy works and our filthy thoughts and whatever we struggled with in before we came to Jesus, He has taken it on Himself and He has given His righteousness, His innocence is given to us. And that is so awesome. It's like the, like the word innocence uh, uh, literally means that like you are pure, like your thoughts are pure, yeah. you are holy, there's nothing, there's nothing that can yes. contaminate what has been given to you. So God restored innocence unto us. So we were guilty, but He took our guilt upon Him and He gave us His innocence. And now when we stand before God, we stand before God innocent. God doesn't look at us um, um, based on what we have done in our past and our sin, but He looks at us through the righteousness of Jesus. Okay? So therefore Hebrews 12 verse 2 says that we should look unto Him who is Him? Jesus, who is the author, the finisher, and the perfecter of our faith. That basically means that He began, our faith begins with Him and it ends with Him. Okay? So, um, we shouldn't allow anyone to tell us that um, we have to conjure up faith and we have to have faith for certain things and all the other kinds of stuff. But we should be able to believe that our faith comes from God. And our faith comes from believing in what Jesus has done for us and not what we have, well, not what we can do. Like even after receiving Jesus, you can still do nothing because what you have has been given to you freely. So you cannot, now that you know Jesus, now you want to begin to please Him and uh, please Him in a way like you want to do certain stuff. I want to come to church three times a week. I want to do this and do that. I want to do good because God needs to see me. Our goodness, the good things that we do should flow from what Christ has done for us. Not what we can do for God, but what He has done for us. And I mean that for, for, for me when I was just busy studying this, it just released a lot of pressure on myself as well. Because it, I mean... Uh, there's a lot of things that we need in this life. There's a lot of physical things that we need, like money and whatever and all that kind of stuff. And then, and also just to contend with, you have to do something for salvation that adds more pressure to you. Now Jesus comes and He says that, you know what? My righteousness, so I, I take away the pressure from you. So you don't have to perform. You don't have to do anything. Okay, and then in verse, verse 2, He talks about cascade. Now that word cascade means it's like, a large amount of water rapidly like uh, passing, uh, I'm, I'm falling on you. It's like when you stand under a waterfall, it's the amount of water falling on you. You don't know how much water is falling on you at that very time. It's like when you're standing uh, 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 under, under the love of God and it cascades on you, it means that 
the love of God is pouring on you a large amount. It's like whatever you can think a large amount, amount is to you. That is how much love God pours on you. But that also means like the passing on of knowledge. The passing on of what Christ has done. The passing on of the truth. Okay. And so that knowledge, it means, uh, um, I went to study about the, the Greek word, it means epignosis. It means like recognition, acknowledgement. Okay. So in verse 2, he says that grace and peace multiply to you in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now he says that when we acknowledge the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth of what God has done in our lives through Christ, and when we acknowledge that, grace and peace multiplies. So the more you acknowledge the truth of God's word in your life, the more grace and peace multiplies in your life. It's like the more peace you will have. So whatever you go through and whatever I means struggle you're going through in your life, the more it's, it's not to, to, to go and, and talk to the struggle so much, but it's investing time and acknowledging the truth of what God has done even in the midst of that struggle, and even in that struggle, you will have grace and peace. And you will have unending peace. So peace multiplies. So you will have more peace. So more peace will abound to you, even when you go through stuff. But that comes like when you acknowledge. It's like acknowledgement means acceptance of the truth. When you accept the truth. Accepting the truth is accepting knowing what God has done for you. Okay? I, I, um, this, uh, uh, um, one guy asked me, like, what do you think is the true meaning of humility? And we can say the true meaning of humility is for you just to humble yourself, for you to be less or whatever. That's not it. The true meaning of humility is accepting what God has done for you. Yeah. That is like the most humble thing that we can do for ourselves. It's like accepting the truth, accepting what Jesus has done for us and loving from that point. Because when we try to be humble in ourselves, we cannot. You understand? But accepting that truth, that truth humbles us so that we are able not only to accept the truth what God has done, but we are able to share it as well. Amen. Okay? I think there's someone at the door who wants to come in. Um, and then it says that by His divine, His divine power... His divine nature. That divine power means basically the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit. That means dunamis. So that means power to, 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 to be able to accomplish things. It's like that is the power of the Holy Spirit that is imparted within us. So like it's to be, to be divine, it's like to be godly. So when someone say I'm a divine person, then he, they, what they basically do uh, is that they compare themselves to God. They say that I am God-like. Mm -hmm. So when he says his divine power, it's like his God, his godly power has given us the permission to be God-like. Not to be God, but to God-like, to be like God, to, to know the things, to know the truth of God and to live like God in the earth. Okay? Not to be God in the earth. Okay? <coughs> and that power only comes from the Holy Spirit. And where is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is within us. So all that power that we need uh, to, to, to live a, a divine life needs to come from the inside out. It is not something that you need to attain from the outside. Okay? And then it also talks about there like uh, 
It talks about life. He says that He has given us, His divine nature has given us uh, um, um, life. So we have life through God. That life means Zoe. That Zoe life means abundant, eternal life. So that means it's not only life for now, but it's life until eternity. Amen. Okay, and when we receive Jesus, like the people that receive salvation this week, you now have Zoe life. Amen. You now have eternal life. You have abundant life on the inside of you. And that will never be taken away from you because once you receive God, that that is what is within you. Okay? And then it talks, also talks about partnership, the fellowship that we have with God. That fellowship means koinonia. It's like fellowship with God means being close. It's like when we have fellowship, when we come in, uh, uh, into church in the morning, we normally have coffee and whatever. There is a, a time that we can have fellowship with one another, speak to one another, be close to one another. That speaks of a closeness with God, being a, in partnership with God. It's like God didn't want the power for Himself. So what does He do when we receive life? He says, now you have a share in that power. So now we become partners with God. So we share in the power of God. We have a share in the power of God. Okay, God is not uh, like a dictator and saying, I have all the power, you do what I say. But He's inviting us to say, you know what? Because you received this life, now I'm going to give you my power. I'm going to give you a share in the power that I have. So that is what happens when we pray. It, it becomes so powerful when we understand the truth of what Jesus has done. And when we pray, it is that power that is being activated from the inside of us. Okay, so it, it is very, very powerful. Then uh, it also means that planted deep within. It's like a tree. Uh, if you look at the palm tree, uh, this wind can blow, but it will blow, it will blow back and forth, but it won't. Most of the time it won't fall over. Why? Because the roots of that tree is deep, is planted deep within. Okay? So that means like the Holy Spirit and what we receive from Jesus is deep within. So it is within you. Okay? It is not something that once again you need to go and work for, you need to attain. So it's planted within. So the deep within planted, we possess all these things within us when we receive Jesus. And the Holy Spirit comes and He lives within us. Amen. Okay, so now that power is deeply planted within us. And when we talk about that a fruit, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Yeah. So when the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, then you have the fruit of the Spirit in you. Sometimes when you just come to know Jesus, you just come to salvation, you don't obviously recognize it at first, but you have it within you. So the more you acknowledge the truth, of what Jesus has done, the more those fruits are being activated in the fruit is being activated in your life. I'm not going to say fruits, I'm going to say fruit. Because it's the fruit of the Spirit. So it's uh, the Spirit and then of the Spirit, obviously you have the fruit of love, you have the fruit of forgiveness, you have the fruit of peace. Okay? So what it means is that we have the fruit of the Spirit within us. It is deeply planted within us. So in every believer here, the fruit of the Spirit is deeply embedded within your, with, within your inner being. So you don't lack any fruit of the Spirit. It may, it may not look like it sometimes when you act in a certain way or when you say certain things or whatever. But the reality is that you have it. The only way we come to fully know it and to fully grasp it is when we acknowledge the truth. It is when we accept the truth of what is inside of us. Okay? 
That God cannot do that for us. That is something that we need to do. That we need to acknowledge. That because God is inviting us to it. So now we acknowledge it. And now the fruit is being activated. So the more time you spend with Jesus. The more you become like Jesus. Okay. So those fruit. It's not like you want to delib- deliberately um, sow the fruit to people. And, 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 and wear a t-shirt. And it's like I received Jesus yesterday. I'm, uh, yeah salvation is mine or whatever. It's not like that. The fruit is when people see like how you were before and how you are now. It's like a before and after. Before Jesus and after Jesus. Okay? And it's not necessarily has to do with when God comes through for you, maybe in a house, in a car or money or whatever. It's not that. It is just knowing Him Then people see Jesus and they no longer see you, but they see there's a difference in your life. And when they ask, you should not be ashamed to say, it is Jesus. Amen. Okay? Amen. So, uh, um, so what is, uh, uh, then he, he talks about this divine nature that we have that is deeply planted within us. But then in verse 5, it's so interesting that he says that we should supplement our faith. Now, supplementing your faith doesn't mean now you have to go do something to activate more faith. Like we just said in the beginning, you already have all the faith because you have Jesus. What he's saying is that that which is deeply implanted within you, now that faith allows you from the inside out to bring forth that goodness, to bring forth that uh, self-control, to bring forth that understanding, to bring forth godly uh, um, um, love for one another. And it's so awesome when he says that, so devote yourself to lavishly supplementing. Like lavishly basically just means just to, not just to uh, like uh, use it just the way you want it, but lavishly being is like poured out in great amounts. So now it says lavishly supplement your faith. Okay? To supplement something, when we think about someone that goes to the gym, okay? It's not someone that is trying to get fit, but it's someone that is already fit. Okay, so that means that that person already has all the fitness, all the muscles or whatever. All they need to maintain it, it is just something to keep it like that. Now they diet, they supplement or whatever. But in this is that what God is telling us, like, we have it already. All we have to do is supplement it. And how do we supplement it? We supplement it by once again recognizing the truth acknowledging the truth so the more and more we acknowledge what jesus has done the more and more the goodness more and more the understanding more and more the self-control and then also the patient endurance and then also the uh, the godliness comes through so it what supplementing basically means is that you only supplement what you already have you cannot supplement what you don't have like if you don't have the God life inside of you. You cannot supplement something like that. That, that only happens when you receive Jesus into your life. That is now you can, when you acknowledge and understand the truth. And now he says that, now he says in verse 8, since these virtues are already planted deep within, meaning it's already inside of you, you possess them in abundant supply. So we possess uh, 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 the abundant supply of faith, of self-control. We possess abundant supply and understanding in godliness in brotherly love all what needs to happen is that we need to draw it from the inside out okay so it's not something that comes from the outside in okay so that's why you cannot 
uh, um, if someone doesn't have Jesus, you cannot teach someone how to love other people. <coughs> because love is a choice. You cannot, you can maybe tell them you must choose love and all this kind of stuff. But you cannot literally teach that person because if we try to love people out of our own strength, out of our own morality, what happens is I will love you for a week, yeah. but just make me mad. Make me not quiet. You understand? But when we have it on the inside of us, even when we come into confrontations and when we have conflict with one another, we can still love one another because that love that we have, it is not of ourselves, but it is of God. It's that God-like love that we have inside of us. Now we are able to love one another even when it gets difficult. Okay? So don't try to do it out of yourself. No need this is how I supplement my faith and whatever. No. People need to see when they when you walk in the street, they need to see that you have spent time with Jesus. They need to see the truth inside of us. And that is so awesome. And like even if you are not there at this moment, don't stress about it. God gives grace. More grace when we acknowledge the truth. More grace and more peace to us as well. So it doesn't mean you are not going to get there. You are going to get there. And not, not, not that you are going to get there. You are already there. It's just the realization that we need to awaken to like, okay, I am there. And now uh, it says that um, in verse 9, but if anyone lacks these things, in verse 8 it says like, if we have this in abundant supply, we are... It, they will keep us from being inactive and fruitless. Like fruitless meaning you, you, you are barren. You are not carrying any fruit. And that fruit of being Jesus being in your life. And in your pursuit of knowing Jesus more intimately. Now that knowing more Jesus intimately. I've searched that word as well. That word means like uh, it means genoskos. What that basically means in the Greek. It's like being intimate with God. It's like be a husband and a wife being intimate with one another. Now, that is the intimate knowledge that Christ wants us to have of Him. Because that is how intimately He knows us. Okay? So, the fault is not with God. Sometimes the fault is with us. Yeah. It's not that He doesn't know us. It's that, it's that we don't know Him. Or we don't know what He has done for us. Or we don't know what He has given us. Or sometimes we forget. Now it says, but if anyone lacks these things, he is blind, consistently closing his eyes, to the mysteries of our faith and forgetting his innocence for his past sins have been washed away. That means it's like what we just said. When we look at the finished work, there is someone like closing his eyes and not seeing the finished works of Jesus, not seeing what Jesus has done for him. And now because he doesn't see it, now he thinks that God hasn't forgiven him from his sin. Okay? That, that, that sin, what it means there, it means his original sin. The original sin is like before you came to know Christ. The original sin is not believing in what God has done. Not believing that God has sent Jesus to us to die on the cross and to take all our sin and even all our infirmities as well. Now it says that he's forgetting his innocence. Meaning like we just said that when Christ's righteousness comes upon us, we receive his innocence and, he, and we, give, we, we give him our sin. Okay? So that basically means that when we lack these things, when we don't realize these things is in us already. Okay? So once again, it's not something that you uh, have to attain. It is something that we have to awaken to. Mm -hmm. Something that we need to open our eyes to. 
I think it's in uh, the book of Ephesians 5 and verse 10 or 11 where it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from your dead. Let the light of Christ shine upon you. That is when you are sleeping, you are closing your eyes to the reality of what Jesus has done. The mystery that it's talking about there, it's talking about the mystery of Christ within us. Yeah. Colossians 1.27, Christ within us is the hope of glory. That is when we close our eyes to that mystery, when we don't know that Jesus is within us. So when we fall short, or when we sin, or when we do something wrong for that matter, then we think, now God doesn't love us anymore, now I need to be born again, again 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 that is not what it's saying what this is saying basically when we close our eyes to what god has done then we forget what we look like then we forget our new nature then we forget what jesus has accomplished for us and that is not what god wants for us obviously that we should close our eyes to to what christ has done okay so this uh, it's, it's it's very 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 powerful to just to say what God has done for us. In, yeah, so when we close our eyes, it's like you choose to close your eyes to the mysteries of God. And sometimes like we allow external factors, things that we don't have, things that we lack in the physical life. Sometimes we allow it to distract us and just to close our eyes to the realities of Christianity. That meaning Christ being in us. The sin refers to is not what we did or what you do. It's not about what you did. But it refers to our state before Jesus, not believing in Jesus. Okay, so what is the greatest sin in the world today? The greatest sin in the world today is when we don't believe in what Jesus has done. That's the greatest sin. And because we don't believe in Jesus, now we do the other things. Okay, now this and that and the other starts. But the greatest sin is not you getting over a smoking addiction, not you getting over a, a alcoholic addiction and all that kind of stuff. But the greatest thing is like not believing that God can take you out of that. Not believing that God can rid you of that very thing. The Bible says that um, when Jesus died upon the cross in the book of Acts, that He died for our sins and He also came to free us from the law of Moses. You understand? So what the Lord does is when you do something wrong, it also always pinpoints on that thing that you've done wrong. So it it brings condemnation into your life. But when we focus on Jesus, even while we are going through certain stuff, the thing is that Christ always tells us about who we are in Him, about how much we are loved, how much He cares for us, and how much we are strengthened in Him and what we have on the inside of us. So it's important to focus on that. Okay? And that sin basically means just to miss the mark. Harmatia means uh, in the Greek it says to miss the mark or to be without a share in. We just talked about being partakers with Christ. So when you are not in Christ, then you cannot partake of what He has. So God is inviting. So even if you don't know Jesus here, if you haven't, if you don't have a relationship relationship with Him as of yet, God is inviting you this morning so that you can have a share in what He has what He has given us, what Christ has done for us. Okay, so He wants us to have a share in what uh, um, Jesus has accomplished in our lives. So that sin is to miss the mark. Romans 3 and verse 23, it says that, For we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So that means that we have missed the mark. We have fallen short. So if there was a mark, then we didn't reach it. So we have, don't have a share in 
But when we come to Jesus, we are like, I would say automatically just, we are given a share in, we are given partnership with God. And this is not just for the guy like me speaking in front or JB or anyone that you think is more spiritually mature, more spiritually at a point where you are not. This is for everyone. This is for you. This is for me. This is for the guy that doesn't know Jesus at this moment. But when he receives him, he has a share in. Okay, so God is not excluding anyone. Because no matter who you are, God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't look at your situation. He doesn't look at like, oh, you don't have this, you don't have that, so you cannot have a share. No, he says that when you come to me and you acknowledge the truth about what my son has done and what I have given for you, then, only then you will have a share in what we have. Then we have partnership with Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Like, when we receive Jesus, God, God, it's it's so awesome. It's like a, a double positive. God works for us and he works with us. Like literally he works for us and he works with us. So he comes alongside us and he works for us as well. When we don't know what to do, God knows. He works for us. But when we ask him, Lord, I just invite you into this situation or whatever. And then he just comes along. He works with us through it. So that means that you are never alone. And so awesome to know that you are never alone. It's like, even, I feel like this is just a word for someone, like even if you are struggling with loneliness in your life, you are never alone, because God is always with you. And when we receive that truth, like God is always with you, it's like, no person, nothing can ever unfold that, like, uh, that space. They can never take away what God has, what, what God has done on the inside of you. Okay, so it's, it's so, 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 so powerful. Amen. So when we don't acknowledge Jesus in, in, in what He has done for us, uh, uh, um, we will be like someone that has forgotten His sins and uh, His sins are forgiven. Like, jy vergeet, as ek nou geseer het, jy vergeet letterlijk jou sonde is vergewe, en nou, wat maak jy nou? Nou sê jy nie, ek nou weer keer toe gaan, en nou weer Jesus aanvaar in my leven. So, it's like you forgetting your face. It's like someone standing in the mirror, Het jou sê al mooi gemaakt vir oog en en soedra jy weggeloop het van die spielag, het jy vergiet van hoe jy gelijk het. Jy het letterlijk vergiet van hoe jy gelijk. You understand, that is like, you are not recognizing and acknowledge the truth, acknowledging the truth about what Jesus has done, about the reflection that you see in the mirror. Okay, so we need to come to a place where we acknowledge the truth. And to acknowledge something is literally to be, uh, to acknowledge it, to be in awe of what that person has done. It's like, om te kyk, it's like, yo, but die persoon het nou redder van iets baie moois gedoen. And that is so powerful when we, and, and it's, and it doesn't take a lot. It just takes us believing in what God has done. It just takes us renewing our minds and just focusing on what He has done. So God has in, in invited us to salvation. That salvation word means ecclesis. It's like He invites us to a feast. So this morning when I think the three people came, came to Jesus. They were invited to a feast. Jesus is there. They are invited to the feast. There's literally a party in heaven going on right now. Amen. Like literally. The Bible says that the angels, there's joy and there's celebration in the heavens when any one person comes to the knowledge of Jesus, comes to receive Jesus. Amen. So there's a literal party happening right now because of you. 
And that is what you are. God throws a party on your behalf. And the angels, they celebrate on your behalf. They celebrate because you have come home. You have come to the Father. And He has prepared a table. He has prepared a feast for you. Yeah, and that is so awesome to sit at the table and at the feast. And that table represents just the acceptance and the love of God. He loves you so much that He invites you to the table. And He provides a feast. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Like, He works for you and He works with you. And that's so awesome. So that means that God has claimed you as His own. He has chosen you. So now, before Christ, you were not a son. You were not a daughter of, of, of God. But now, He has chosen, He has claimed you, He has made you His own. So now you are a son. Now you are a daughter. You are accepted and you are forever loved by the Father. And God's love is forever. Because He chose to love us forever. Amen. And He chooses to love us every day. So God can never unlove you. Because it's not His nature. Because God Amen. is love. And then uh, uh, um, 1 Peter uh, 2, 9 and verse 10, it says that um, God has made us a kingdom of priests. Okay, so we were not... Let me get to that scripture so that I don't uh, mess it up. Okay, so it says here that, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people. That you, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Verse 10 says, Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So that means that before Jesus, you, did not, you were not a people. You didn't know God. And because you didn't know God, you didn't know what He has uh, done for you. But now He says that, now that you are a people, and now He calls you a royal priesthood. Like royalty. When God sees you, He sees a king and He sees a queen. That is literally what God sees. God doesn't see anything else. When God sees you, He sees a king and a queen. God sees, when He looks at you, He sees perfection. And I don't know how you feel this morning about your life and how you see and how you view your life, but God sees perfection when He sees you. Yeah. And just to, to, to end off, what it says there um, in Second Peter uh, verse, verse 11, 1 verse 11, it, it, uh, it says there that... Uh, um, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that entrance is supplied. In the Passion it talks about God choreographs your entrance. Meaning a, 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 a choreographer, whatever that is. That person, he practices the steps. So he gives the steps to you. It's not something that you need to conjure up for yourself. But God choreographs our entrance. That means that God invites us. He's the Lord of the dance. He invites us to His dance. So when we receive Jesus and when we have this life on the inside of us, our lives become a constant party. 
So we are constantly being invited to a dance with God. So you, at this moment, we are in the dance that God invites us to. Uh, uh, in the book of Zephaniah 3 and of verse 17, it says that, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all your fears. That's so awesome. And says that, He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. In the passage it says, God dances over you Amen. with joyful songs. So God dances over us. Just imagine if you can picture it in your mind. If you can maybe picture what is happening with God and the angels right now. First of all, there's a party and God is the Lord of the dance. He choreographs everything and He's dancing over you. He's delighting over, over, over your life. It's like... He is the one that, and He delights in you with gladness. So He's glad about you and He's glad for you and He's happy about you. And the thing is this, that whatever God does, it is for you. It is for us. It will always be for us. Because we are the ones that bears His image. We are the ones that has His likeness. Okay, so what we need to know about this is that we have everlasting life. Living on the inside of us. We have divine life. We have God-like life. And it will never be taken away. And what we need to focus on is just acknowledging the truth of what He has done. And how do we do that? When we spend time in the Word. When we see what Jesus has done for us. When we come to church. When we hear the Word of God. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. And hearing cometh by the word. So hearing comes through the word, not through anything else. Yes, we can hear testimonies and all that kind of stuff. And it is awesome. But it is ultimately the word of God that enlightens us, that opens our eyes, that makes us see the reality of who we are and the reality of who Jesus is. And that is so awesome. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.